create a culture where people are more invested in contributing than they are in consuming, where they're invested in serving the customer rather than serving themselves, where they are focused more on the principle rather than the policy. Regardless of where you stand on the org chart, you are responsible for creating a culture that you want to be a part of. Culture exists when times are good, but culture is exposed when times are bad. Culture is often caught more than it is taught. Culture is either what you create or tolerate as a leader. Well, hey there, my name is Alex Judd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that our mission as a business is to help impact-driven leaders step into who they are created to be so that others may benefit and God may be glorified. And that happens in these content episodes. It's just another iteration of that mission coming to life because in these content episodes, we have a very clear objective. We want to provide you with efficient and engaging material that makes you a stronger individual and a more effective leader in under 25 minutes. And that's what we're going to do today. I'm excited to share this with you because it really came from two specific experiences that I had. One was an outrageously awesome customer experience. One was an outrageously horrible customer experience. And out of those two experiences, I learned some lessons about culture that I'm so beyond excited to share with you. And we're going to really form this lesson around five questions that will help you evaluate the health and the strength of your culture. And specifically, we're going to look at your culture through the lens of, is it customer centric? Now, I think it would be wise for us to start with just a base level foundation of what is culture and how does it exist. So let's start with a basic definition. The definition that I like most is that culture is the shared values and behaviors of a team. Again, culture is the shared values and behaviors of a team. So with that lens, let's let's address just three truths about organizational culture. This is true for my business. This is true for every business I've worked for previously. This is true for every business that I go in and work with at our intensives and within Path for Growth Coaching. Three truths about culture that we need to know before we jump into these stories. Number one, culture is either what you create or tolerate as a leader. Again, culture can be created or tolerated. But the important thing to point out here is that culture always exists. If you have a group of people working together over an extended period of time, there is no doubt in my mind there is a culture that exists. There are shared values and behaviors. It is human nature. So when people say, oh, we just don't really have organizational culture. False. That is not true. You have a culture. Maybe your culture sucks, but I guarantee you, you have culture. Culture is either what you create intentionally or what you tolerate accidentally. The second truth that I want you to hear about culture is that culture is often caught more than it is taught. This is going to be so perfectly exemplified in the stories that I share with you here in just a second. Organizational culture a lot of times happens because of what people see more than what they hear. Now, yes, you as an impact-driven leader need to be sharing your culture with people. You need to be talking about the values. You need to be talking about the mission. You need to be talking about the guiding principles that inform how you make decisions and how you process information. But more than talking about them, you should be focused on living them. The greatest message that you have about your organization's culture is your life as a leader. 
So you have to be living the culture because your culture will be caught. It will be what people see way, way more than what they hear you say. Now, if there's alignment between the two, that's that's where you hit the jackpot. But again, culture is caught more than it is taught. And the final truth about culture before we jump in is that culture exists when times are good, but culture is exposed when times are bad. This is going to be exemplified in the stories that I'm about to share with you. Culture exists when times are good. You always have a culture, but culture is so often exposed when times are bad, when things don't go according to plan, when something fails, when there's a mistake. That's when you really start to see the heart and the core of an organization's culture. So let's review real quick three truths about culture, and then I'm going to share these stories with you. Culture is what you create or what you tolerate. Culture is caught more than it is taught, and culture exists when times are good. Culture is exposed when times are bad. Now, here's how this is going to work. We're going to use those three truths and our definition of culture to lay the framework for these stories that I'm about to share with you. And then on the back end of these stories, I'm going to share with you five questions to help evaluate the customer centricity of your culture. So if you want to walk through these questions either with your team or if you want to share these questions with people, we've got the PDF to this episode in the show notes so you can pull that up. But again, we're going to jump into the stories first. So the first story happens where so many good stories always happen. It was at Chipotle. Now I don't know how many of you are fans of Chipotle, but I can almost guarantee you you're not as big of a fan or not as regular a customer of Chipotle as I am because there's two things that are true about me as an individual. I love to eat and I'm very frugal. And if you are a person that loves to eat large quantities of food for a very, very cheap price and health is a little bit of a priority for you, Chipotle is the kingpin. Chipotle is the number one place you want to go. You probably know this to be true. So this story occurs at Chipotle. I was going there with my buddy. We had just done a trail run and we were standing in line and it was like noon. So there were probably like 10 or 15 people in line. There were a lot of people there and it was taking a while. And one of the things that I actually really value about Chipotle as an organization is they're typically pretty efficient. They've got a pretty good system for the way that they do things. They're very structured, very systematic, very ordered. But for whatever reason, this time it was taking a while. And then after probably about five minutes, I started to realize like, okay, we're not moving. This line is getting longer and we have not moved in a while. And then, you know, I start to actually pay attention because obviously something is going weird. Something's a little bit haywire. And it's clear that they're having issues at the cash register. They're having issues checking people out. And so everyone's standing in line, the bulls, the burritos, the the tacos are starting to pile up. And by now they've stopped bringing people down the line because they're trying to all figure out this issue at the cash register. Now they've got three, four, maybe even five team members all staring at this cash register, trying to figure things out. And customers are starting to get a little bit impatient. Customers are starting to get a little bit anxious. Part of that is because Chipotle kind of sets the expectation that it's like you're walking in focused on efficiency, right? You don't go to Chipotle expecting to spend two hours in the world's greatest fine dining experience. You go there because it's efficient. It's quick. It's easy, right? And people are starting to get a little bit impatient. I was starting to get a little bit impatient. My buddy was starting to get a little bit impatient saying like, what's going on here? And then I'll never forget this moment. There was a woman, I don't know, she wasn't the store manager, but like she was probably the supervisor in charge that day. 
And she just stopped and she said, okay, she, she told one of the team members, she said, go ahead and stand in front of the door. And then she just told everyone, she put her hands up and she raised her voice and she said, everyone, I'm so sorry to make you wait. We're having issues with the cash register, but here's the deal. If you're in line at this moment, whatever you order, it's on us today. <laughs> you want to talk about a great day. That is my definition of a great day. And then she made sure, hey, the end of the line, that's where we're stopping it. And and go ahead and stand outside. She had her team member stand outside and she, she said, just tell them that you know we're having issues right now and we'd love to be able to serve them, but we can't right now. Meanwhile, she took people that were a little bit impatient. She took people that were a little bit frustrated. She took people that were starting to get disappointed in Chipotle, which that's pretty hard to do. And she made them fans, right? Because suddenly she took a bad situation and now it was like, holy cow, I'm getting free food. Let's let's add guac, right? We can add guac today because it's all free. She took a bad situation and made it into a good situation. But what's really important here is she took action. This is crucial. And that's one of the things that we're going to come back to whenever we evaluate culture with the five questions that we're going to use. So that's the Chipotle story. Now let's go to the outrageously horrible story. I was I was traveling for an intensive the other day and I got back to the airport. It was a late night, got back to the airport, got in my car. My car started just fine, but then it wouldn't go into reverse or drive. So it was super late and I tried some things and I looked it up and I was like, oh gosh, this feels like it might be a transmission issue. I ended up taking an Uber home that night, getting a tow truck the next day. And then we took it to this mechanic that was super close to the airport because I didn't want to go very far. And we took it to this mechanic and he gave me some outrageous quote on the phone. And he was like, hey, it's going to be $3,700 to replace. $3,700? I mean, I drive a, a 2008 truck. It's not like it's some fancy truck that I'm driving around. That, that that cost of the transmission would probably be about as much, if not a little bit less, than what my truck is actually worth. And so I was like, man, I need to think about this. I need to figure out what I'm going to do. And in the meantime, my dad actually helped me with this. We found a place that could do it for for way cheaper, like over $1,000 cheaper. And so it was like, okay, we, we want to go pursue that place. And so that place said they would even tow my truck from the, the bad mechanic to their shop for free, and they'd take care of all of it. So I I call this place and I say, hey, I'm not going to work with you because I found a cheaper price. And then he said, okay, well, uh, we have a, a diagnostics fee for testing your truck of $100. And I was a little bit bummed about that, but I was like, okay, it is what it is. And I said, okay, well, the tow truck's about to be on his way. Can I just give you my payment information over the phone and get that $100 taken care of? Here's what he said. He said, I'm, I'm sorry. He said, I can't do that right now. Our internet is down and we're not able to take payment right now. <laughs> Just a little bit upset at that moment. I was like, okay, well, you're like 30 minutes away and I really need to send this tow truck now. And he said, okay. And I said, here's the deal. Like, you can trust me. I like, I will get you your hundred dollars, but can I send the tow truck? And here's what he said. He said, no, my boss would get really mad. My boss would get really mad if I let the tow truck take the truck before you had paid. A hundred dollars, a hundred dollars. 
So at this point, I'm a little upset. I now have to cancel some meetings and cancel afternoon plans for the business because I need to drive 30 minutes up to this mechanic so that I can pay for the thing that I didn't really get anything from. But I say, okay, I'm going to do it. So I cancel meetings for the afternoon, drive up there, and I get there and he's sitting at the counter and I, I tell him like, hey, I'm here to pay. And, and I give him my card and he said, oh, we can't accept card right now. It has to be cash. What? <laughs> like, what do you mean? He said, okay. He's like, I would say you could use our ATM, but our ATM doesn't work. What? Are you joking me? Okay, so let me clarify real quick. At this point, I'm not mad at this guy. I am mad at the leader and I'm mad at the organization. Because this guy is just operating within a culture that is clearly ridiculously dysfunctional. And so now I have to go to the grocery store, get my $100. And then he says, oh, by the way, there's going to be tax. So it's probably going to be like right around $120. Oh my gosh. Are you serious? Just ridiculous. Just like above and beyond ludicrous. So I get that all taken care of. Now I spend some time thinking about the Chipotle experience that was outrageously awesome And this mechanic experience that was outrageously, outrageously, infuriatingly horrible. And I said, well, if you think about these two experiences, what do you actually learn from these two experiences? Well, you learn a lot of things about culture. And the way I felt would be most helpful to articulate what we can learn about culture through the lens of those two experiences is by using some questions to evaluate ourselves. So five questions about your culture, and you can evaluate and answer these questions regardless of where you stand on the org chart. And I would say that we are all responsible for creating a culture that we want to be a part of. Again, so wherever you stand, whether you're an entry-level employee, maybe you're an intern, maybe you're a CEO, maybe the founder and owner, regardless of where you stand on the org chart, you are responsible for creating a culture that you want to be a part of. And so here's question number one, and these are specifically focused because those stories highlight this so well on the customer-centric nature of your culture. Question number one, does your culture empower team members with the ability to take the next right action in service of the customer? Again, does your culture empower team members with the ability to take the next right action in service of the customer? Here's the deal with the mechanic situation. The guy that was working the front desk there and whenever he was on the phone with me, I cannot tell you how many times he apologized to me. He said, I'm so sorry, because he could see how frustrating this was. And he knew that this wasn't right, that that it was things that was wrong with their business. It was screwed up on their side. Their internet was down. Their ATM didn't work. They couldn't accept a card. They were charging $100 for really not doing anything except telling me my truck was broken, which I already knew. And he said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And the reason why he had to keep apologizing was because he as a team member was not empowered by the culture and the leadership of the organization to do the next right thing. Because what would the next right thing have been? It would have been to say, hey, we're sorry, we can't accept payment right now. And I don't want to make you drive all the way up here. So it's only $100. We'll waive it for today. 
that would have been the next right thing. And I'll tell you, that's not just me being a selfish customer. As a business owner of Path for Growth, I hoped that if we ever put a customer in a position where they are having to spend money as the result of our mistakes, we waive that charge. Because that's just good business, but more than that, that's being a good person. So does your customer culture, so does your culture empower team members with the ability to take the next right action in service of the customer? Now think about the Chipotle story. Man, I mean, she did the next right thing. She might have gone above and beyond to do the next right thing. She just said, okay, here's the deal. This is a terrible situation. This has nothing to do with the fault of the customer. This is entirely our responsibility. They came in to be served and we need to serve them. So she said, I'm going to take the next right action. And she was empowered to do so. She didn't have to worry about what her boss would do because she was empowered to be able to take the next right action, to be able to make a decision. She didn't have to call corporate and ask for approval. She just did the thing. Next question, is your culture based on policy or is it based on principle? Policy is rules, regulations, and procedures. Now, we need rules, we need regulations, and we need procedures, but we can't have an organization that is based on rules, regulations, and procedures. Your organization needs to be based on principles. Think about this. If they had principles, if they had values in place at this mechanic shop that were that were centered around do the right thing or serve the customer or go above and beyond, I mean, it would have looked a lot different, I think. Conversely, they probably did operate with principles at Chipotle and the principles were efficiency and customer experience, right? That woman that made the call, she knew that, man, our principle is that we are going to serve the customer a great experience and we're going to do it efficiently. And the minute it started to deviate from those two principles, she she did something about it because she was she was focused on the principle more than some arbitrary rule, right? The rule is that customers pay for their food, right? That's a rule every single time. But the principle is something that supersedes the rule. It supersedes the policy. The the principle is serve the customer. And what did we say at the beginning? We said that culture exists when times are good, but culture is exposed when times are bad. When when things got rough, when things started to go not according to plan because the cash register wasn't working at Chipotle, that's when the culture of that store was exposed because she was able to make the call based on principles serving the customer, not based on the rule. So question number two was, is your culture based on policy or is it more based on principle? Question number three, does your culture trust team members to use common sense and good judgment? I felt so bad for the guy at the mechanic shop because he was basically trapped. He did not have any power in the situation, and I could see it on his face that he knew, he knew that he knew that he knew what good judgment and common sense should do in that situation. I could hear it in his voice on the phone. He so badly wanted to say, you know what, don't worry about it, just send the tow truck. But he kept saying, I'm sorry, and he said, my boss would get really mad. I just get so freaking frustrated. You you hired a human being. 
You hired a human being, so treat them like a human being. Give them the ability to act like a human being. Give them the ability to use their brain. And when you strip that away by just giving them rules and policies that they have to enact, divorced from their judgment, you crush their soul. Don't be the type of leader that does that. Trust your team members. Create a culture that trusts team members to use common sense and good judgment. Question number four, does your culture encourage team members to focus more on serving the boss than serving the customer? If the woman at Chipotle was just worried about what her boss would think, she would have never been able to do what she did. She would have never been able to take that next action. But she wasn't worried about her boss's reaction. She wasn't worried about someone from corporate coming down and saying, how dare you do that? She was worried about serving the customer. She was worried about doing the right thing. She was worried about achieving the primary objective, which is to provide value. That's why businesses exist. They exist to provide value for people. And sometimes that value comes in the form of a fixed car. Sometimes that value comes in the form of a burrito. Sometimes that value occurs in in the form of a great phone call. But businesses exist to provide value and money is the result of that value. And the minute we get that twisted, the minute we focus more on the money than the value we are providing, that's the day that we become a business that is no longer customer-centric, but self-centric. We become a selfish business and, and selfish businesses don't stay in business for very long. So question number four was, does your culture encourage team members to focus more on serving the boss than serving the customer? And the final one is really big because this focuses more on playing the long game versus playing the short game. Question number five, does your culture focus more on the transaction or on the relationship? Here's the deal. The mechanic shop got their $100. I paid them and I will never go there again. In fact, if someone asks me about that mechanic shop, I will actively tell them, no, pay extra money to go somewhere else. In fact, I never write reviews for a place. I just don't take the time to do that. I considered going online and writing about my experience because it was such a poor experience and I never want other people to experience what I experienced there again. They were focused on the transaction of $100. Conversely, Chipotle That represents a business that's focused on the relationship. Because what's going to come from that Chipotle experience? Well, two things. Referrals, number one, I'm literally talking to a podcast about this right now. You realize that I'm I'm spending time talking to you, which is a pretty big audience, about Chipotle right now in a really, really positive light. And if you are ever in the Cool Springs area, you need to go to the Chipotle on Cool Springs Road and make sure that you have the outrageous experience that I had because the team that is in that building understands that their primary role, their primary responsibility, their focus their objective is to serve the customer. And when teams go out of their way to do that, customers do something. They get really happy and then they tell people about it. And that's what I'm doing right now because they gave me a great experience that it resulted in a relationship where I refer people to them. I'm talking about Chipotle right now. That's a big deal. 
The other thing that it results in is return visits. I'm never going to that mechanic again. Never, 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 never. I would rather not have a car than go to that mechanic shop again. Chipotle, I've already been several times since then, right? Because, because again, it was a great experience that invested more in the relationship than in the transaction. So let's review the five questions real quick and then we'll close out. We said question number one was, does your culture empower team members with the ability to take the next right action in service of the customer? Question number two, is your culture based on policy or is it based on principle? Question number three, does your culture trust team members to use common sense and good judgment? Question number four, does your culture encourage team members to focus more on serving the boss than serving the customer? And question number five, does your culture focus more on the transaction or the relationship? Y'all, this is really, really, really crucial because we said that culture is the shared values and behaviors of a team and your culture does exist. It's either what you create or what you tolerate. So what's your action out of these questions? Well, number one, I would share these questions with your team. And that's why we provide this PDF. So you can go into the show notes of the episode, get the PDF with all of these questions and all of the truths about culture and really answer them effectively with your team and let your team answer these questions. See what they think about these questions. But then what do you do? Well, we said that culture is more caught than taught. So the first thing you do is you start living the culture that you want to create. You start living, you start embodying, you start acting out the culture that you want to create. And then you constantly iterate every single day. You constantly make it better and you create a culture where people are more invested in contributing than they are in consuming, where they're invested in serving the customer rather than serving themselves, where they are focused more on the principle rather than the policy. Y'all, I hope that this content was helpful today. I hope that you can use it to make yourself and others a stronger individual and a more effective leader. If it did do that, please let us know. Rate this podcast and review this podcast. I read those reviews every single time, and that really, really helps us know what you'd like to see more of, what you really like about this podcast. It also helps us to make sure that we're getting in the ears of people that have not yet heard about Path for Growth. And that's happening. The podcast is growing. We're hearing from new people every single day. So thank you to all of you that have gone out of your way to subscribe and to share. Y'all know that we're rooting for you. Know that we want to see you win. Remember, my strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.